It's time to get the story behind the story. Interviews with newsmakers, newsbreakers, and Vermonters making a difference. WCAX presents 802 News with Mark Johnson. Here's Mark. Bill Stenger's fall from grace could hardly be more dramatic. In 2011, the Vermont Chamber of Commerce named him its Citizen of the Year as he traveled the globe raising hundreds of millions of dollars for a series of projects to revitalize the economically depressed Northeast Kingdom. Today, the one-time King of the Kingdom is a convicted felon who served time in connection with the biggest fraud in state history. That fraud included his business partner, Ariel Quiros, a Miami businessman, siphoning off $50 million of the more than $400 million Stenger led the effort to raise from foreign investors who hoped to gain permanent residency in the United States. While Stenger was never accused of stealing money, and claims he didn't know Quiros was until federal authorities stepped in, he failed so many in so many ways. He didn't ask enough questions when he suspected something was wrong, and whether intentionally or unintentionally, whether by design or neglect or, as he claims, by naivety, he and others put the future and the money of investors at risk. Whether all 800-plus who trusted him were made whole remains to be seen. Vermont taxpayers will also have to pony up $16 million as part of the scandal. Some of the projects were completed, and Stenger has helped find a company to take over part of the building intended for ANC Bio. But there's an empty lot in downtown Newport, locals call the hole, that serves as a reminder of the failed dreams and promises Stenger played the key role in promoting. In this edition of 802 News, Stenger talks about how he missed the red flags, the mistakes he made, and what he's doing now to restore his reputation and finish the job he set out to do. In this, part two of my interview with Northeast Kingdom developer Bill Stenger, he said an early mistake in his dealings with business partner Ariel Quiros was failing to ask for a full accounting of Quiros's purchase of J-Peak in 2008, a deal that would have given Stenger a minority share of the mountain. If I had it to do over again, I would have... At the time of the closing, the, the, the purchase of Jay Peak, I would have insisted on seeing the purchase money that Kiro said he had in the account before the transaction occurred. Because you know what happened. Yeah, that was the beginning of this whole one project paying for all the money that you had raised for the tram house, he used to pay yeah. for Jay Peak. And then each subsequent project was then backfilled to pay for the less. It's not really a Ponzi scheme. It's a backfill, backfill. The project three pays for project two. Project four pays for project yeah. three. It's a shell game. Well. Or how would you describe it? Um, at the time that the, that the sale occurred, the funds that were in the project account the son-in-law instantly turned that money around and sent it back up to pay St. Sever. If at that time we had insisted on seeing the money in a third account, that would have stopped the sale because, you know, money went, money went down and money came back. But if, if the money for the purchase was identified in in an account before the EB-5 money was transferred to to Florida, it would have have stopped the sale. 
because he could not have, he couldn't have done it. And had his son-in-law not cooperated, it never would have happened. At any time during this relationship that you had with him that, that went from, well, you let's start with when he purchased Jay Peak in 2008, up to 2016 when the SUVs from the Securities and Exchange Commission show up here, we're here at Jay Peak at the, at the front door. Did you ever ask him, are you taking money off the top here? Are you taking money from, are you taking EB-5 money for yourself? He took $50 million. I never did. Now, you, every, every bill was getting paid. Every bill was getting paid. The projects were getting constructed. People were getting their green cards. And it wasn't until the, I think, the middle of 2015 when I was preparing to sign contracts to build the foundations and the steel for ANC Bio Vermont, that he told Bill Kelly, his gopher, so to speak, uh, to tell me that we had to slow down. And I was, I was shocked because I was committed to the ANC bio project in, in, in Newport. And uh, when that occurred, and that was the spring of 15, I, I said to myself, I don't understand this. I'm concerned about it. I don't know what to do. In hindsight, I should have gone to independent legal counsel. And, but I'm thinking, I've got to protect my, my team here. I've got to get the projects built because of all the money that's been raised. And, you know, we were going back and forth with the state on uh, getting the reauthorization for ANC Bio and Burke in 2015. That was my focus. Sh demonstrate to them and to myself that the ANC Bio project itself had integrity. And uh, that's when I, I became concerned. You know, I didn't have to, to deal with him on a day-to-day -day basis. He was probably here a couple weeks a year, physically here. And it was in and out. I didn't have a social relationship with him. He wasn't like Jacques Hebert was my friend. And I, he spent a lot of time here one of the greatest people I ever met. Uh, Kiros, uh, we started out cordial, and I was very curious about the ANC Bio Korea because I thought this is something that might really work in Vermont. Um, but after he bought Burke, his whole demeanor changed, and I, I became concerned. What do you mean by that? How do, what do you mean his demeanor changed? Like what? Well, he, he, uh, he buys Burke Mountain, changes the name of the, the, the mountain, right. puts his son in as general manager, who's never done anything in the ski business. Burke is losing a couple of million dollars a year, and I'm being asked to write checks from J. Peak to cover... 
the operating losses at Burke. And, you know, I'm starting to, you know, think what the hell's going on here. Uh, he, he doesn't listen to the recommendations that we're making here for Burke, how to, how to better run it, how to promote it better, how to get that $2 million loss a year to break even or better. And so I'm, you know, and I'm, and I'm realizing, you know, this guy who uh, was telling me at the inception of the sale that uh, he's going to stay out of my way and, and he's going to, uh, you know, be a, a, a distant, silent partner, uh, all of a sudden turns into this guy that doesn't even care about the community that he's disrupting. And I'm, I'm really af afraid that that, that disease is going to come here. Now, you know, fortunately, uh, you know, in terms of, and actually towards the end, he was starting to exert some things here, demanding that certain people be fired and displaced. And he was even looking, he was, at, he was, he was getting ready to try to get rid of me. Let's talk about the day of the raid. So five or six SUVs from the Securities and Exchange Commission show up. You know that they have been investigating, right? I knew that they were, they were uh, investigating, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so they show up and hand you this 80-plus page report. Um, you read it. You slam it down on the table. You say something to the effect, and I can find the quoter if you need me to. I don't know anything about this. I need to call my wife. Um, and as one of the investigators who showed up said that you were either very surprised by what you were reading or you were acting very surprised by what you were reading. I, I mean, how, how could you possibly have been surprised? Well, in that document, what I was expressing my anger and, and surprise by was the listing of the things that he had purchased with the money that I had raised. Mark, I worked 80-hour weeks for years raising the funds for these projects. I was incredibly proud of everything at Jay. I was proud of Burke, the hotel project. I'd worked my heart out to get the Newport projects where they were. I, that was all my work, not his, my work. And then, and then when I'm reading the document and it, and it points out that he, he purchased Jay Peak, he purchased Burke Mountain, he purchased condominiums in New York City that I never knew existed, that he purchased airplanes that I knew existed but not that Jay Peak's money paid for, I mean, there was 40-some, $50 million of stuff that were listed there that, that he took. He paid for those things with the money that I raised and that, were, that that money was intended for the ANC Bio project in, 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 in Newport. Now, uh, you know, when we went through 
the, the, you know, you were saying, how could I be surprised? In 2015, uh, I think it was March, both the ANC bio offering document and the Burke Mountain offering document were reauthorized by the state. We had gone through over a year of uh, extensive review of language. Uh, the document, the offering document, had a section in it about the SEC explaining it. Yeah, disclaimers. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, we had I I had employed a third party bioscience company, Frost and Sullivan to determine if project components at ANC Bio Vermont uh, had, had legs, could be relied on, and to the degree that a new company could rely on uh, something, you know, they were, they were comfortable and enthusiastic about the project. The state took all the documentation from the attorneys that were working on it, the Frost and Sullivan third-party analysis, and they reauthorized the project to go forward. I took that reauthorization by them because there were a lot of people looking at it as, okay, we're, we're comfortable that, that this, is, this is okay. Go forward. I went forward after that, raised another $35 million for ANC Bio, and in a, I think 16 or 18 million more for Burke. And that brought us right up to almost April of 16. What, I've, what I learned after the fact was that when the state went to see the SEC, the SEC informed them of Kiros's fraud. And they still authorized the projects to go forward. That's what I scratch my head about. Because, you know, I, I went to prison and I have a $250,000 restitution because of the money I raised after the state authorized the projects to go forward. And the state knew at the time that they authorized the projects to go forward that Kiros had committed fraud. And I did not know that. And neither did anyone here at JPEAK know that. Okay, but this is also after the state had suspended the projects the, the, the state, we had a meeting with the state, and it was a twofold meeting. They had learned, and this, again, they had learned uh, from an intern that was working at the Department of Commerce, a Korean college student, who was asked to do some internet searching about ANC Bio Korea. And I remember it was in May of 2014 that I got a call asking me to come to the Department of Commerce 
And I went, and it was a Friday afternoon, and they told me that the intern had discovered on the internet in Korea that ANC Bio Korea was in financial distress, that uh, the building had been repossessed by the bank, and I, my draw, jaw dropped because I, I didn't know that. Nobody here knew that. Now, ANC Bio Korea was not a shareholder in JPEAK. And Alex Choi, who was the head of ANC Bio Korea, was allegedly one of the silent partners in Jay. But I learned after the receivership that he really wasn't. And uh, so May of 14, I learned there's some problems in Korea. I immediately, from the Department of Commerce, called Bill Kelly, who was with Ari Kuros, saying, what the hell is going on? How can this be the case? And how can I not know about this? So now, coincidentally with that meeting, uh, the attorney for the state, who we worked a lot with, pointed out, look, the offering documents have expired. They expired on December 31st of 2013. We want you to call a timeout. We're calling a timeout on these two projects. And we want to meet with you in another week or two to review what to do going forward. And we did that. A couple of our attorneys, uh, Kiros was on the phone from Florida. Bill Kelly was actually in the room with us, with me, and the, and the Department of Commerce people with their attorney. And they put together a list of, I'm going to say, eight or ten things that they said, look, we need answers to the following things for us to even consider reauthorizing these projects to go forward. And these are state folks. State folks. Okay. Yep. Um, and that was in June of 2014. It took six, eight months to go through that entire list of things. Some of them were legal, some of them were accounting, some of them were scientific. And we were we divided up the the things that you know they they were requesting i i i was interested in making sure because of what i had heard about korea what what had happened there i was concerned that the the science that we were focusing on and depending on and depending on was real and if it wasn't what should we do to to make it better and that was where the Frost and Sullivan study came into, into play. Uh, I met, and these people were independent. 
uh, I was very impressed with their approach, the people that they contracted with to give review and opinion, a fellow by the, a fellow by the name of Dr. Chris Mason from, from Boston. He is an internationally highly regarded gene therapy expert. And his input to, the, to us was, I felt invaluable. He was basically saying, there is an enormous opportunity here, but you need to focus on gene therapy more than stem cell work. And you've got to approach it in a, in a, in a manner that's consistent with the future of bioscience and not the past. And it, it appeared when I was trying to dig a little more about, well, what happened in Korea? Well, they were under, underfunded from a research and development standpoint. And they had debt to the, to the Korean government that they were struggling to, to pay. But in the case of ANC Bio Vermont, there would have been no debt. There would have been ample R&D money. And with the advice of, of Chris Mason and others like him, the direction that we were going to go in was gene therapy uh, in, an, in an overwhelming way. Um, so back to late 2014, you know, the, the Frost and Sullivan study is a six-month thing. And it was in early 2015 when, you know, I'm giving the, rep the final report on Frost and Sullivan to, to the state. Uh, the lawyers were working out with state lawyers the language relative to the SEC and uh, all the other. There, there were several things that they, they wanted to just see clarity on. What to put in the documents yeah. for when you continue to raise money. Correct. Yep. You know, making sure that, that that list of items that they gave me and gave us in 2014 were all addressed to their satisfaction. And it was in, in May, no, March of, of 2015 that we had a meeting in the governor's office and there was a, all right, where do, we, where do we go? What are we going to do? And the result of that meeting was that the ANC bio offering document was going to be reauthorized with, with a, a caveat. And that was that the money that was raised from that point forward would go into escrow and it would be monitored by the state. I had absolutely no problem with that because I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't diverting any money. So I was fine with that. And the same thing with Burke. The funds that would ra were raised for Burke would go into an escrow account, and that money would be used to pay the contractors. I had no problem with that. Kiros had a big problem with that because it stopped his access to the, to the funds that he had already spent and were needed 
to build ANC Bio. And still at this point, you're not asking for balance sheets. You're just depending on... Mark, there had been little or no expenditure of ANC Bio funds. The purchase of the land and a few million dollars of money that, were, that was legitimate expense for architecture and, and, and uh, foundation work and uh, utilities. There was supposed to be, and, and I thought, there were, there were 50 or $60 million in the, in the, in the account in Florida. And, and it, was, it was in 2015 when I, I think I told you a few minutes ago, when I went to sign the contract for concrete and steel, that he's telling me you need to slow down. And I'm thinking, how the hell can I, you tell me to slow down when the money should be in escrow? And, you know, that's when I, if I look back and say, why didn't you go to the authorities? I asked myself that question too. But I'm, I'm, I'm still building the hotel project here, physically building it. The money's been raised, but we're still building it. The hotel at Burke is well underway. And I'm thinking, I've got to finish these projects. And that was my focus. And, you know, in hindsight, probably should have uh, gone, gone to see an attorney and and gotten a lot more aggressive. And, okay, so why didn't you? I, I mean, it, it is easy to look at things in hindsight, but, I mean, my God, I mean, what you've just laid out, I mean, there's there's at least a dozen red flares going up all over the place. And we're not talking about a couple of million dollars. I mean, the total you that you and others raised in these eight projects I mean, it's over $400 million from 800 people. I mean, that's where I think anybody looking at this from 10,000 feet or 20,000 feet up says, you know, this story is just hard to believe. I mean, it, it fantastic and not the way fantastic, the good fantastic, but it, it just doesn't, it's, it's incredible. Well, every project had had an investor group and... Every project got built, uh, except ANC Bio. That didn't get built, and that's where the plane crashed and burned. That's where the music stopped and the musical chairs of this, you know, I don't want to say game, but the game of where you're raising money, where Project 6 is paying for Project 5 and Project 7 is paying for 6. I mean, that it just... It, that that's that stuff I was not aware of but how is that possible this is what you're doing you know and, uh, and for uh, you to say that you're busy all day working on projects uh, projects get built invoices get created by the contractors invoices get sent to Florida to be paid and they get paid that's what that's the that was the protocol and as long as the contractors were getting paid, I thought things were fine. And in 2015, that's when the first contractor, what, it's not that they didn't get paid, that the request to, to pay 
going forward contract didn't get paid. And that's, and that's consistent. That's exactly what happened. You know, when, when, when work is getting done, buildings are getting built, contractors are getting paid, the, the, the 829 applications for each investor are being submitted with the proof that their money was spent on the project and they're getting their green card. That's, for me, that's verification that we're doing what we're supposed to do. And I did not watch every transaction in Florida, and I went to prison for it. And 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 my life, no, you know, went went in a incredibly bad direction as a result of that. And you know, I paid the consequence. I'm continuing to pay the consequence. How much blame do you deserve? I deserve blame for not paying enough attention. I deserve blame for that. The master plan uh, was a, a, great pro a great project done by Jacques Hébert and myself and Paul Matthews of EchoSign, a, developer, a uh, land developing architect. I stuck to that plan, and Jay Peak is, is pretty well built the way it was supposed to be. Um, ANC Bio was, a, was not a dream, but a, a belief that if it was properly funded with no debt, which it would need be five project is debt free for a period of time, that it, that it could have and would have been successful. And uh, I, almost every investor that is in the J projects or was in the J projects, I met every, almost every one of them. I personally toured them through here, welcomed them. I created the relationship. And for, for them to have the, the uncertainty and the fear and the disappointment that the project that they were proud to be part of, and I was proud to have them part of, go the way it did, I can't begin to tell you how uh, heartbroken I am about that. And I'm the, o the only, it, it's not a saving grace, that the only thing I'm not only thing, I, I, I'm pleased that Michael Goldberg, the receiver, has done the kind of job he's done and, and tried to make as many of these people whole as possible and to salvage uh, the projects to the degree that, he, that, he's, that, he's, that he's done. I'm, con I'm continuing to try to help him do that uh, and you know, but you know, you you made the point a couple of times. You know, Bill, you're not a stupid guy. No, I'm not. Um, but I'm but I'm too trusting to a fault. And in this particular case, I could not believe that that he would do what he did. And 
that's when when the receivers when the when the SEC came here, and I saw the list of things that he had he had used money for that I was unaware of. I I, I felt incredibly betrayed because it was money that I had worked my heart out to raise for the projects, for the communities, for the employees, and the investors. The EB-5 program is a great program. It helps the community. It helps the staff of the companies. It helps the investors. It gives everybody something they can be pleased with. But you better damn well use the money the way it's intended. And the thing that Kuros didn't seem to get was that once the projects were built, there was going to be notable profits and the company value was going to go up. So, you know, why be greedy and, and fraudulently take funds that you had no right to? When federal authorities say in this New Yorker piece that's implausible that you didn't know that he was pocketing money himself. That, that's the, that, I don't know where in that article that says that, but that's incorrect. Well, that's what they say. That it just, it's, it's too <laughs> phenomenal to believe. I mean, it... And I guess, you know, I guess the, this, the question would be, you know, is it, I think, I think their theory is that you either had to have known or it's just, it's gross negligence on a scale that is a 12 on a scale of 1 to 10. Well, I didn't, I didn't know. Let's, let's, let's get that off the table. Um, and gross negligence, I'm, I'm, continually focused on the construction of the projects and the payment of the bills. And, is, and, and with those things going on on a consistent basis, um, until 2015, I was pretty sure we were okay. So when you were raising the last round of money for ANC Bio, the last $83 million you were doing this all in good faith, thinking that this project that turned out to be complete BS was true. It was uh, the ANC bio project was not complete BS. It's you know th that's a comment that's been used by a lot of people, including a fed the federal judge that sent you to who, jail. Who, who said it was a it ghost? Was a, it was a fr it was a fraud from the beginning. What was fraudulent from the beginning? was an exhibit that showed that Alex Choi and Ari Kiros had concocted a budget for ANC Bio that they were going to try to implement that would have taken $40 million out of the project for themselves. That's what was fraudulent about the project, not the concept. ANC Bio Vermont was not fraudulent. The budget that was in the offering document versus the budget that, that the SEC and other authorities found 
as part of their due diligence that showed Kiros and Choi were doing something with the funds totally different than what I thought we were doing with the offering document. That's what was fraudulent. And when somebody says it was a, it was a ghost, no. It wasn't. What Choi and Kiros were planning to do with the budget was fraudulent. And, if, and, and the day that they showed me, this was after the receivership, they showed me that budget, which was a, a personal email from Choi to Kiros and back and forth, outlining how the funds would be used and how they would be diverted and how they would wind up with millions more money than they were entitled to, that was what was fraudulent. And that was probably the thing. I was so furious when they showed me that exhibit. And I had both of my attorneys with me to say that, to, to, who, who could corroborate that. Why didn't you, years earlier, go to an attorney, cover yourself? I said that a few minutes ago. I should have gone to an attorney in 2015. I, I, I know you did, but so why didn't you? Uh, naivete and ignorance. See, that's where I, 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 you know, Mark, I don't have a history of being involved in legal matters other than the closing on condominiums and townhouses here. Never had a, a legal issue in my life. Okay, but the amount of money that we're talking about here, you know, you'll get a lawyer involved in a condo sale of $300,000. I mean, this is where... Well, we I, had attorneys. I, 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 we had an attorney here in, in, in Vermont. His name is Mark Scribner, a very competent, decent person who I think if you were to interview him would probably tell you that he was as shocked as anybody. And he was right up front with the, the SEC review. And I, and I say this with great respect for Mark. I trusted his judgment. The other attorney that was working on it, a guy by the name of David Gordon, his law firm wound up paying $30 million in penalties because he wasn't honest. And I was trusting these two guys, one of which I still trust. Mark, I have respect for and, and believe that he was, he was operating on the basis of what he thought was right. The other, I think, was, was per doing everything he could to protect Kiros at the expense of the rest of us. We'll be back right after this. At Red Hen Baking Company, they believe pure, uncomplicated ingredients in the hands of skilled artisans are the building blocks for great food. They're dedicated to creating the best food from the best ingredients. You'll find an ever-changing lineup of delicious pastries, sandwiches, and soups at their beautiful cafe off Route 2 in Middlesex, just off I-89. Their breads are also available in many other locations. Led by owners Randy George and Eliza Kane, Redhead Baking Company has been on the leading edge of the local food movement since 1999. Back to my discussion with Bill Stenger. At your sentencing, you said, I got lost along the way. I fell into the trap that the ends justify the means, and for that I'm truly sorry. I have no one to blame but myself. What, what, was, what did you mean by that? I think I, 
I think what I what I meant by that was that there were so many things going on, so many projects. I got caught up in trying to complete them. Uh, I got a little. I think I got careless uh, in in not uh, following up enough. Um, I should have. And in 2015, uh, sought uh, help, and I felt that if I finished the projects and got everyone what they were in the projects for, that the end would have justified the means. And uh, I was wrong. All right, let's talk about the people that were hurt in this. I mean, it, it just, the, the list is sort of phenomenal. I mean, there are investors who lost money. There are people whose dream of coming to this country was destroyed. There are a lot of people out there that don't trust you. You've got Pat Moulton, who, you know, is somebody... I think you had great respect for and had great respect for you that feels, according to her testimony to the FBI, feels that you um, you were deceptive with her. Um, you know, there are people here in the, in the community in which you live. I mean, even your lawyer said you're going to be you know, always viewed as a convict. So the people that that are disappointed, mad, feel as though you've done great wrong here, how, how do you respond to that? The only thing that, that I can do is try to uh, make things in the areas that have been the most disappointed which is Newport, try to do some things there that are helpful. Try to, try to help Michael Goldberg find a, a use for the Main Street block. Uh, try to help him with some of the remaining assets that he has, whether it's the Burke Mountain sale or uh, you know, some of the property that Kiros owned in, in Jay. Uh, you know, I... I can't undo uh, the fact that some of the investors did not get their green cards. Michael is doing everything he can to rectify that. Um, as far as you know, the people that I know in the state, knew in the state, um, I haven't had an, an opportunity to talk with some of them. I would like that at some point because I think there's some I think there's some misunderstanding of intent. But uh, it is what it is. You know, I've 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 lived here since 1985, uh, and have a long list of things that I'm proud of. I'm very proud of a lot of the things that are here. 
um, we've talked about what I'm not proud of and the mistakes of omission and not paying attention and look what it's cost. Not, not me, what it's cost others. I really cared a lot about the investors and had great relationships with many of them. And to have them, uh, many encountered different situations. Some people got their funds back, got their green cards. Most got their green cards. And uh, some are still waiting for a return on, on their investment. Uh, but uh, I can't change it. I can't undo it. But to say to me, it is what it is, if I'm a well, new... That, that doesn't mean that, that I accept it or approve of it, Mark. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken over this. And, and, and for them. You know, I'm not dismissing this at all. I mean, I... I am heartbroken over this. And, uh, you know, I, I have all sorts of personal issues to deal with, but they're irrelevant compared to the problems that, that the investors, some of them, are having. F fortunately, Michael has done an outstanding job of finding refuge for them in the sense of another project or or a way to, to get them their green card. Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful, very thankful for that. He is an exceptional person. And, um, but I, you know, I, I, I don't mean to say it is what it is, thinking it in a cavalier way. No, it, I, can't, I can't change it. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm working to try to help the Newport projects along. I'm doing what I can to, to be supportive of, of efforts that I know are underway in those, those places to make, them, to make some good things happen. Um, I am pleased that the operation here is, is going well and that the, the team of people here, the jobs have been created. Uh, the company is profitable and successful, and the people that are that I hired are still here and thriving. Um, but they've been through they've been through hell too. Um, I mean, the, I mean the, the the amount of of disappointment and fear that they had to have gone through from April of sixteen until the sale. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking to think about the un, you know the you know, they, they they didn't have any reason to have to drive home at night and and think God is my job safe? Am I going to have a a paycheck next month? That's all stuff that happened as a result of this. It's horrible. And there were hundreds and hundreds of people here that. Uh, you know, we had to have had weeks of that uh, fear. And I have to take responsibility for that. 
how or do you, at least or at least part partly responsible for it how, how do you live with that how do i live with that uh i live with it because i have to and i live with it in part with a little bit of comfort to know that these people are protected and working and 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 successfully got got through it um, that's very important to me and then there's the taxpayers of Vermont we're going to have to cough up 16 and a half million dollars as part of this too yeah Anything more you want to say about that? Um, why did the authorities at DFR go to Florida and learn of Kiros's fraud and then come back here and authorize those projects to go forward? Why? And why did, why did they authorize me to go back into the marketplace to raise the funds, knowing that he had fraudulently conducted himself, and they knew that I didn't know that? Do, so, I, do I wish that the taxpayer of Vermont had no responsibility? Absolutely. But I, but I don't understand how they could have reauthorized those projects knowing that he had that he had stolen money so where your claim is you had no idea what they knew yes and that's that's factual okay but then you know i go back to the 90 red flags that have gone up over the past six eight years and i think you know again um you, you're not a walking zombie I, I told you that every bill was getting paid, every contractor was getting paid, green cards were being issued. I didn't have a knowledge that the funds were being mishandled. The, again, the projects were being built, the bills were being paid, the investors were getting their green cards. In 2015, I, I started to see things and got, and got concerned. And you just felt like you got to keep going and I just finish. I got to finish it. I got I to finish. I've got to build that bio project, and I got to finish that hotel. And somehow the music wouldn't stop before the musical chairs of the money going around that I wasn't aware of how the money was going around. But God, you just, it sounds to me, and I am not a financial person, but good Lord. I mean, it just sounds like you weren't asking not only not the right questions, but really any questions or that you were depending on people that were not doing their job. I, I, I just, there's, I don't, there's I don't some, know what to make of it. There's some of that. There's some of that. Some of what? That you were depending on the wrong people? Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, again, you know, going back to sort of this same drum I'm beating with you, I, 
you're a smart businessman. I mean, how anybody could be making this is this is not as you know we've all made mistakes in our lives this is so this is you know falling off niagara falls big right it's a it's a huge heartbreak I mean, what do you, Pat, Pat Moulton describes when she drives by the Newport site, she can't even look at it. I mean, it, there is certainly an element of just. Well, you know, I, I read that, and I know what's going on in Newport right now. And there's a real concerted effort to not look away. And I'm trying to be helpful where I can to make something constructive happen there because I feel the least I can do is try to improve the situation there, make sure that the other assets that Michael Goldberg is trying to liquidate get done correctly. And that's, that's, what, I, that's what I try to do. When you look back on this, why do you think that the state officials gave you the green light to go out there and raise more money if they knew that this was not for real. They say it's because they wanted to finish the hotel at Burke. What do you think? I, uh, I, I suspect that some of that is true. But I don't understand why they, if they knew that, that he had done what he did, I can't imagine why they would have reauthorized those projects. And you, I, I took I took that reauthorization as uh, everything's fine. That and they had done and they had done a deep, a dive a deep dive on the finances, and they did, allegedly, and reauthorized them to go forward. You know, just as an average person, it's hard for me to believe that they would know about fraud going on with your business partner and not tell you. How, how is that possible? I have that same question. I have that same question. Because I was the one that went out to ra and raised the money and put the effort in to so, do it. So they used you? Yeah. Yeah, they did. You're 75 years old? Yep. How do you regain your reputation at the age of 75? I mean, you were the citizen of the year with the Vermont Chamber. You were the king of the kingdom. You know, there were people that thought you were the all that in a bag of chips. How, how do you, and I mean, the fall here has been, I mean, it, it's, it's fallen down the entire Jay Peak Mountain here. How do you rebuild your reputation at the age of 75? All, all, all I can do is try to help my community in, in, in the best way I can. And that's, whether it's the Main Street Project or uh, the Newport Airport development or finding a way to, have the, the the land and the village of Jay properly used. Uh, 
these are all things that Michael Goldberg is involved with, and, and I'm, uh, I work for him on a project-by-project project basis to try to pull things together and, and uh, have some successful outcome from, from some of these things. Will, will the success of those projects uh, undo or change the disappointment in the and the, the way I feel about the, the negatives, no. Can I ever get my reputation back? Probably not the way I would like. You only have so many days. Uh, I had many years here where myself, my staff, the community, uh, incredibly proud of what we built and what we created. And uh, I guess when you go back to that quote of did you, got, did you get lost along the way, uh, certainly got derailed. That wraps it up for another edition of 802 News, sponsored in part by Red Hand Cafe and Bakery. Thanks for listening.